to the King who is coming to reign. Glory to Jesus, the Lamb that was slain. Life and salvation is impartial bring. And joy to the nations when Jesus is King. Come, let us sing a song, a song declaring that we belong to Jesus. He's all we need. Lift up a heart of praise, sing now with voices raised to Jesus. Sing to the King, for His returning, we watch and we pray. We will be ready the dawn of that day. We'll join in singing with all the redeemed, cause Satan is vanquished and Jesus is King. Come, let us sing a song, a song declaring that we belong to Jesus. He's all we need. Lift up a heart of praise, sing now with voices raised to Jesus. Sing to the King. Together, lovely, all together. 
something about that name in our red praise number 117. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee out of our purple hymnals in number 89. This is in honor of the birthday of Mike Wood.
Works with joy surround me. Earth and heaven reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around thee. Center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, glory meadow, flushing sea, chanting birds. in thee. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Wellspring of the joy of living, ocean depth of happiness. Fairless fashion, bless our brother, all who live in love and how to love each other, lift us to the joy divine. Mortals join the mighty chorus, which the morning stars began. Love divine, reigning o'er us, binding all within its span, ever singing. March we onward, victors in the midst of strife. Joyful music leads us onward in the triumph song of life. Amen. Let's turn to our purple hymnal number 389, Freely, Freely. And this is in honor of the birthday of Christian Tabor. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's been a 
kind of an interesting week. We will be having three funerals that I know of and a fourth possibly here um, shortly. We, Miss Geary and Kathy, are um, traveling. And we may be small in numbers, but we're great in quality. And a couple of our viewers by way of television have gone on the glory and they accredit our services due to their salvation. And it's always exciting to do a service when you know that the listeners have made decisions for Christ as a result of, of work that we do. We're circulating three cards. People want to place a little note on those cards. People just greatly appreciate cards in the mail. They told me that whenever they get down, they turn to those cards and they just reflect upon those who have been praying for them. So, you know, they take seriously those, those notes that you put on the cards that we send. Uh, get well cards, um, sympathy cards, Gary and Chandler and Joan and Brenda Krauss, they just really appreciate all the prayers and support that we've provided for, for Kathy and that transition from this life to the next. And some of the last words Kathy said just a few days ago to me was that, oh, you know, just keep up that ministry. Keep up that ministry because there's multitudes of people that um, are unable to go to church, but they really appreciate the message and music and all the encouragement, the cards, and the thoughtfulness, and the prayers of the people. Visited also yesterday, Chris and I, with with Janet Peterson, and she's just in the process of crossing over. She's lost the ability to eat and lost the ability to communicate. Darwin, a number of times I've went up to see him at North Memorial, and just the... Um, rigmarole you have to go through to see get to like intensive care that Darwin says he's re improving he's improving but he appreciates the prayers of the people um, he didn't want anybody to know about it until he started to improve in health and there are people out there that um, do not want people to come and visit them at hospital although um, you know we always honor their wishes and um we just um, thank God for the healing resources of hospitals and nurses and therapists. But we appreciate the master vision of all the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, our next-door neighbor, Tim, his son, only 44 years old, um, suddenly passed away, and I'll be having that funeral, so remember Tim. Um, a lot of people don't want their last names released, and we honor that. You know, most people will say, well, use our first names. That's sufficient. God knows. Well, certainly God knows. So keep the Gary and Kathy Cross family in your thoughts and prayers. And the children are, are Brenda and Joan and Chandler. Chandler was going to try to be with us this morning. He was unable to be with us. Um, and Joe are out of town there on a... I believe a two or three week uh, vacation to Europe. Europe, I don't know what the conditions are. I, um, it's kind of a minute by minute situation with Janet. Talked with um, Ed and Barb, and Barb was pretty broken up and we had prayer with them. And they just appreciate the, the cards and the support and the thoughts that you send their way. Let us turn the Lord in prayer. Father, we are so welcoming of the Holy Spirit. Welcome the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we can use the, the message of, of J-Hop and the gathering and all of it here to bring a, a very concerted effort of the movement of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As I've mentioned earlier, we do pray for the Peterson family, and especially Janet, as she transitions from this life to the next. And Kathy Krause, as she's leaping and jumping and praising the Lord in heaven, we, we do pray for Gary and Chandler and Joan and Brenda and the entire Krause family. Pray for Darwin and Marilyn, who 
oftentimes are very re reluctant to um, let us know of their condition, but through just a happenstance event, seeing Marilyn, I asked her, you know, we missed him on Sunday, and she said that, oh, he's been in the hospital. And, and then I asked if we could share, and she said that he's kind of on the mend, but yes, I do pray for Darwin. And as I visited him, noticed the very weakened state he is in, and, and difficulty speaking, we, we, we pray, Father, that you'd have your hand upon those conditions. We, we thank you for Debbie Larson and the improvement of health and following her stroke situations. We thank you for Debbie and Robin setting up here. We thank you for the chemistry that's going on this morning for the gathering church and the, the very elements of explosion and explore. Yeah evangelism movement that's going on in the food and festival and fun activities of today we we do thank you for the supportive relationship that we have at the gathering and as we've moved from tenants to renters now we pray for their expansion in ministry and we thank you for Jay Hoppin for those who would faithfully have turned out for Dan Pumala's retirement yesterday and we thank you for the Tremendous accolades that Dan and Annette received. We do pray your blessings upon us, Lord, as we look forward to the very prophetic insights of Scripture, as we examine Scripture in the, the areas of Luke chapter 13 and Revelation 7 and John 14 and 2 Timothy and Judges. Scripture readings remind us of the dangers of the deceptive left and Jesus had always cautioned us to remain right or neutral rather than a demonic demonic left and even Jesus said that he's separating the goats and the sheep the goats on the left and the sheep on the right and we even from early infancy I realized the importance of being and leaning towards the right and help us, Lord, to be aware of the days that we live in, the prophetic insights and foresight that Jesus predicted in Matthew chapter 24 and Luke 21. In such days as these, Jesus said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes and various places and divorce and unequally yoked and the division of families. And, and then Jesus warned the Christians that they will deliver you up to tribulation and they will kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Matthew chapter 24, verse 9. And Jesus also sternly warned that because of iniquity, Iniquity will abound, the love of many Christians. That's the love of many Christians, the so-called neutral, and the so-called leftist progressives will wax cold. But then Jesus cautioned, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with partying and drunkenness and, and lewdness and pornographic days of the cares of this life, and that Day will come upon you unexpectedly. Well, it will come as a snare on all those who dwell in the face of the whole earth. We are to watch, therefore, and pray always that we may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Luke chapter 21, verses 34 through 36. In the tragic, tragic days in which we are living, do not take Christians by surprise. Help us to be more concerned about, about Jesus and the political parties. The reason so many professing Christians are worried and wringing their hands and crying, what shall we do, what shall we do, is because they have neglected the study of their Bibles. They have spent more time watching the fake news and the latest television program or reading their newspapers than they have reading their Bibles. 
They neglected the spiritual services that lead to growth and solidarity in Christ. Pray for your blessings upon our Bible study that so many people, they really believe in the saying that to, to have the word alone, the Bible alone, we oftentimes dry up. To have the spirit alone, we blow up. But to have the Bible and the spirit, we grow up. And they that are caught off guard by these swift moving events. We pray for a moving in the spirit of God that would issue in true spiritual awakening must take place if we are to be spared the storms that are gathering on the horizon. Today we could come to Christ repenting of our sins and receiving Jesus as our savior. Your lives can be changed, your souls can be saved and there can be a new joy and peace in your life, a whole new dimension of living will we receive Christ today. Father, during our services and during the many activities of our day, may we truly be genuine, authentic Christians, not only in our talk, but in our walk and in our service, not being weighed down by the affairs of the world, but being encouraged by Christ. We pray all this in thy name as thou hast taught us to pray, saying together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Those by way of television and radio and YouTube and other means of communication, we just want to thank you and appreciate the we do um, weddings and funerals and and our TV audience and our radio audience and YouTube we really appreciate any financial gifts that you can give and your prayer support yeah I thank you for the acknowledgement that you appreciate our scripture readings and our scripture readings today are taken from Luke chapter 13 verses 23 and Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, and John 14, 15, and 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4, and Judges 21, 25, and many of you have requested bulletins, and we try to get the bulletins done as early as possible, even Monday and Tuesday of the week, and our bulletins are, are sent out, and many of you follow along in the bulletins during the worship service and the reading of the, the word. So at this time... Let us turn to our first scripture lesson taken from Luke chapter 1323. And God adds a special blessing to those that not only hear the word of God, but actually visualize the reading of the word of God. So turning now to Luke chapter 13, chapter 13, verse 21. Many of you come early and you put little book markers in and so you got that scripture just ready to read and listen to. Someone asked Jesus, someone asked Jesus, Lord, will only a few be saved? And Jesus said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able then turning with me to Revelation chapter 7, 9. Revelation chapter 7, 9. There will be multitudes from every nation, from every church. And after this, John says, I looked and, I, and there was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. May God bless. Reading of Revelation. And then as we turn back to John, the 14th chapter, we could have chosen so many scriptures to back up what we're going to say today. We always want to back up Everything that we say with the word of God, it's not culture of Christ, but it's 
Christ above culture. And as we turn to John, the 14th chapter, 15th verse in reading, Love me, you will keep, keep my commandments. And then turning to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. The time is coming, and I don't think it's coming anymore. It's here. Oops. Time is here when people will not put on, put up with sound doctrine. Now keep in mind, Timothy is writing to the church. He's not writing to a culture, the, the world, the unbelievers, but he, he's writing to the believers. And he says there will be a time when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears. I used to have people, you know, take their, their hand and itch their ear at this time to kind of facilitate the importance of the scripture, but we're living in a day and age when we see this actually happen, but having put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves. We see, and we're living in a day of accumulation of their own way of doing things, accumulating for themselves, teachers to suit their own desires. And I will turn away from listening, and they'll, they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. Then turning to our Old Testament reading, Judges chapter 21, had somebody say that they, they like to have three or four Bibles with them, and they just turn quickly to the various chapters, Judges chapter 21, and these are kind of an exodus word and a leaving departure word. Whenever you see an exit sign, kind of think of, of the judges here that God had appointed. Judges chapter 21 verse 25 reads, In those days there was no king in Israel. All the people did what was right in their own eyes. And we certainly live in a day and an age when people want to do only what is right in their eyes. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. And it's a great honor for me to ask Mike to come at this time. So good to see Mike healthy and he's um, he kind of turning green in color. I hope he's healthy. There's always a better blood flow when he's dressed in purple, but he's dressed in green. So welcome, Mike. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning, Mike. Uh, our first verse was Luke chapter 13, verse 23. And there, an unidentified person asked Jesus about the number of people that will be saved and will go to heaven. The person asked there will be only be a few saved souls was most likely Jewish that arrived to see him and either confuse him or trap him in a conspiracy along with Pharisees. At that time, the prevailing, prevailing Jewish opinion was that only a few people would ever enter, enter into heaven. This most likely stemmed from the fact that only two people had discovered the promised land in Israel and founded it. And the question was most likely asked to Jesus if someone that had wanted to be among the few that would enter heaven. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, the people that are saved and found Jesus as Savior is uncountably large. This verse fast forwards us through to the 144,000 that will have faithfully evangelized the world. An extremely large number of Jews and Gentiles have find, found and will find their faith in Christ. This large number of people will represent believers from all over the entire world. This powerful reminder that all people, every single person, is precious to God. Grace ethnicity, and background doesn't matter to him. What matters to him is faith in his son, Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 15. Here, Jesus directly connects the person's love with that individual's obedience to his word and teachings. As complicated as we as humans have made religion, it really only boils down to, to what that verse contains. All the prayers, property, and you can own in the world. None of that is worth anything. It's completely worthless without one aspect of that faith. 
everybody's faith. That, that object would be Jesus Christ. And Judges chapter 21, verse 25, the author of the book of Judges, ended his book, which is the verse we read, simply and under inspiration from the Lord. He sums up the general theme of all the stories in that book in one way. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And actually, the state hadn't even invented yet a government, any form of government for Israel. And that statement that we read in Judges 21-25 is symbolic. Israel is spiritually lawless. They ignore the Lord most of the time and doing whatever the people prefer to do. We call that anarchy today. Well, that would be anarchy towards God. They should have realized that anything they do without God is pointless and worthless. Anytime you do anything outside of what the Bible says you can do, it's probably sin and it's not worth anything. So don't, don't think it's valuable if there is no value in it. In 2 Timothy verse, chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, folks with the gospel that will speak the gospel and act out the gospel in front of others, they will be considered judgmental and intolerant. We already see that coming these days. What you can see on TV, what you read in the newspaper, they don't have all that judgmental Christian stuff where it should be everywhere. Most things will be tolerated. Most sinful things will be tolerated. I don't have to mention any right now, but people know what I'm talking about. But people that preach the words of the Bible and act out the Bible and claim they're doing what the Bible tells them to do, they will be persecuted. They'll be shouted down. They'll be pushed aside. Tolerance is everything except tolerance for Jesus Christ and his teachings. Gary and Kathy, when they're gone at Anton. So when they come back, just let them know they were truly missed. Thanks, Mike. I think, Mike, you get a lot of your material from Tina, don't you? For husbands and wives and wives and husbands. And I trust that Robin, we all had an opportunity to sign those cards, and those cards mean a great deal to those who are experiencing loss. Some have said they'd like to laminate those cards and look at them to know that people duly care enough. And people really don't know and they don't care how much you know until they know that you care. And knowing them knowing that you care is a tremendous honor to them. The disciples here, and I trust that you're a disciple of Christ, and they're asking that same question today. I had an experience just this past week of a, a Catholic family that was concerned about their, their son's relationship with Christ, and they periodically watch us by way of television, and and a number of different faiths. They kind of key in on the fact that I served some 47 different denominations when I was a chaplain and colonel in the Air Force. And this family told me that they had called on their, their priest to go and make a visitation, a call at North Memorial. And the priest went and made a call. I'm not going to mention any names or anything or any churches other than faith, and I guess the, the priest said that he was he was allowed to get into the room, and, and this particular individual allowed him to pray, but when he asked the patient if he believed in God, the patient said, no, I don't believe in God. And I learned something in that the family told me that they can't give, Catholic priests aren't allowed to give last rites when the person says they don't believe in God. I'm finding that more and more people are becoming honest about whether they believe in God or, or not. And, but I don't think I'll ever understand why, why someone wouldn't choose to accept Christ out of a fear of the reality that they're opening their lives to the truth and life in a way.
But we see here an episode in Scripture where the disciples ask Jesus a question. A question that, that you and I should ask and a question that I always deal with each and every time that I perform a wedding or a funeral or I preach. It's always an opportunity to accept Christ. The fundamentals of the faith are the ABCs that A, all of us have sinned from pulpit to pew. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That B, we need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then C, we need to confess him with our mouth. In Luke, the 13th chapter, the 23rd verse, that very pointed question, Lord, will those who are saved be few? We've all wondered how many people will be saved and how many will be lost. I conduct numerous funerals and back the um, the week not, I don't think it was too long after I had my open heart surgery that I got back in the pulpit and and um, they told me to kind of rest for uh, take at least ten off and I thought ten days was but I didn't even take the ten days but they ran ten weeks and then I had clots which caused some strokes which I lost my voice and that not a that is a big deal for a preacher because you you need your voice. You need to be able to communicate. And we've all wondered how many people will be saved and how many will be lost. We we know that in the end there will be multitudes of the of the redeemed from every tribe and every nation from that no one can number, according to Revelation chapter seven verse nine. But we also know we also know that this multitude represents only a fraction, a fraction of the human race. We, we would like to know more specific numbers and perhaps even percentages. Jesus did not answer this question directly. Rather, he chose to give us a warning. Jesus warns you and I to strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, Jesus says, I will tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able when once the master of the house has risen and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying lord lord open open to us then he will answer you i do not know you where you have come from luke chapter 13 24 through 25 just imagine those words in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught that many people will be on the broad road. The broad, leftist, progressive. Jesus taught that more people will be on the broad road that leads to destruction rather than the narrow road, which leads to life. I, I always kind of disgusted when, when culture overtook the rainbow because the rainbow was God's promise to you and I that he would not destroy the world with a flood again. And a certain group took over the, the rainbow as a proclamation. And how certain words are so divisive that they talk about progressive when it's really digressive. Rather than the narrow road, Jesus says, which leads to life, Clearly, therefore, more people will be lost than will be saved. Yet today, there are many, there are many so-called progressive Christians, and I was a part of denomination, who, who want to make the narrow road and the narrow door, and it's a narrow door, wider. They, they advance their cause under the banner of love, under the banner of justice, and the banner of equality and equity. Progressive Christianity has the same basic worldview within theological liberation, liberation that shifted authority away from the scripture to human, human opinions, human opinions and complacency. Progressive Christians do not reject biblical authority outright. Rather, they purport to walk a middle path, a middle path which the Bible in one hand 
and culture, culture sensitivity in the other hand. To put it very clearly and to put it very distinctly, progressive Christianity interprets, interprets the Bible through the lens and through the eyes of cultural culture. It, it does not critique the culture, the lens of the Bible. So in the name of love and the name of inclusivity, progressive Christians, the left, apply their teaching to matters of sexuality, the doctrine of salvation, and the eternal destiny of lost, lost souls, sinners. They wish to make Christianity blend in which, with a culture which rather than stand against a culture. They believe that in this way, the church will become more relevant and more loving. Can't we just abandon, they say, some of the, that hard, those hard edges of Jesus and those hard edges of Christianity and move towards a more inclusive understanding of the Christian faith? This, they say, will remove barriers for those who see the church as unloving and hopelessly exclusive. I had a district superintendent that felt the American flag and the, the Christian flag was offensive at the front of the church. And on the occasion when I asked her why, she said, well, her son who has been in problems with the law enforcement, whenever they see signs of authority, they would see that as a, a real conflict in faith in Christ. Yes, I agree we should be more loving. We should be more loving, but we must also have a very deep commitment to Jesus Christ, the truth, who is the truth and the life and the way. No man cometh unto the Father except to the Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible makes it clear that a loving God and a lo loving our neighbor summarizes the law. But when we replace God's view of love with our own view of what we think love requires, it can lead us to justify sinful, sinful behavior. Jesus clarified the meaning of love when he said in John the 14th chapter, the 15th verse, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Commandments. That's true among our, the raising of our children, the sixth commandment, loving and obeying our, our parents on earth will be long. To love God is to obey his word. In contrast, progressive leftist Christianity surrenders to this moral, this moral revolution. I see their, their new morality as basically the old immorality. The essential goodness and of human nature, they say, that original sin is an outdated mode of understanding and, and operating. In other words, they have developed a world view based on human desires, human desires, not the clear revelation in the teachings of God through Jesus Christ. This is exactly what Paul warned against when he, when the Apostle Paul said the time is coming, and you heard me earlier, earlier say that the time is here. I believe we're living in the day and the age of the coming. But the word of God says the time is coming when people will not endure sound teachings. And how many of us would, would agree that we're in that day of a rejection of sound doctrine teachings in the church? The remnant is breaking up, but the true remnant, the true remnant of Israel and the true remnant of Christianity, the true believers in Christ, are, are, are adhering to the truth and the life and the way. But having itching ears, the time is coming when people will, will not endure sound teaching having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit, to suit their own passions 
and will turn away from listening to the truth. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. Second, and in conclusion, second with the verbal sleight of hand. It's just a verbal sleight of hand. Progressive, leftist, Christianities sell this point of view using words such as equity and justice. The Bible is very clear that every Christian should be involved in pursuing justice. So the phrase social justice sounds biblical. But when we peel back the label, too often we find that it was a wide range, a wide range of leftist agenda, communism and socialism and fascism and leftism. It, it, there is this, this marriage. It's a marriage of justice. Justice, same sex marriage. There is this economic justice referred to as socialism. There is that economic justice, socialism. There, there's this racial, racial justice of critical race theory that rather we grew up saying, singing red and yellow, black and white, Jesus loves us. There's a racial justice, critical race theory, which divides the races rather than unifying them as the gospel demands. So behind the phrase social justice is often an entire worldview that is contrary to the biblical teaching. So what are we to do? First, we must pray for discernment. We must look beyond the labels. And we must say, this might look good, but it's hiding a very unbiblical view of love. Ask yourself, ask yourself in conclusion, do I believe this because it sounds compassionate or is it actually biblical? The most compassionate thing we can do is to tell people the truth. Ask if the world's definition of justice and equality are based on divine law or on our own preferences. In the book of Judges, concluding remark in Judges, the 21st chapter, the 25th verse was stated, and it's almost a biblical mandate for you and I today. And you see that in some of the crimes that are being committed today, they don't tell you the mandates of the destroyers of life, the manifestos, the reasons for the causing the destructions. Judges 20, chapter 21, 25 says, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Did what was right in their own eyes. They did not do what was wrong in their own eyes. They did what was right and just in their own eyes but their end was idolatry. In Proverbs, we read these words, buy truth, save your money. Save your money and spend your money on truth and do not sell, but buy wisdom, instruction, buy understanding, Proverbs chapter 23, 23. And in our era, the era that we're trying to raise our children and our grandchildren, and in our era, refusing, refusing to sell the truth is almost more important than ever. Jesus says, enter through the narrow door. Jesus warned, we have no right to make it wider. Father, as much as we would love to make open our borders, open our way of understanding and to heaven. We have no right to misinterpret God's word and God's understanding. Help us not to be deceived by the deceptive left and deceptive ways of 
political parties. Help us to be discerners of the times in, in which we live in. And as we pray together, as you repeat after me, by way of television and radio and other means of communication, if you've missed many of the things I've said, you shouldn't miss this prayer and pray it with me. Dear Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart and life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to be a discerner of the days we live in. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, let us turn to our offertory prayer. If you'd be so kind to read this prayer with me as we prepare for this offering, and we appreciate your prayer support and your financial support. Without your prayer support and your financial support, we could not exist with the beautiful music and beautiful clarus and beautiful sharing and the messages. Let us pray together. Oh, Lord the giver of all good, we ask you to behold in these our gifts, our consecration to your service. Grant that now and at all times our gratitude may be as great as our need for your mercy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Lord, I want to be a Christian. Purple number 402 as the ushers come forward.
Now I pray that the grace and the peace and the love of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit would go forth and abide with us and execute and demonstrate in our lives the presence of God's Holy Spirit. Bring us back safely next week and guide us and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's close by singing Shalom to you out of our purple hymnals, number 666. Shalom to you now, shalom my friends, may God's full mercies bless you my friends, in all your living and through your loving, Christ be your shalom. be your shalom. Go in peace and serve the Lord.